Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the CEO of Spelling It Out, Julianne O'Connor. Her website is spellingitout.com. Julianne, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I thought I'd start by asking, uh, because I think 2020 was a really impactful year for so many of us. Uh, I just thought I'd ask, how's 2021 treating you so far? Yeah. Wow. Um, 2021 is fantastic. I'm, I'm really excited. And I don't know, you know, sometimes I wonder, is it because I was so hopeful (laughs) that it would be so much better than 2020? Um, You know, I, I don't know why it's so great, but it's starting out on the right track. So. Awesome. I love that. Well, uh, let's talk about that. Give us a snapshot of uh, your life and your work today. Um, what is What does it mean when you say like you think you're starting off on the right track? Well, <laughs> yeah, in order to understand the, the difference between 2020 and 2021, you have to kind of know that 2020, probably like a lot of people, was just you know, hit the fan. (laughs) And um, there were, I I still remember a day where I had so much business that canceled on me that I couldn't write down fast enough. The people who were calling saying, I got to cut my marketing spend. I got to cut my social media spend. And so it was really intense. And then this year it's like, everything shifted, not only my mindset, but also everything in business. All of a sudden people are coming to me saying, Hey, I need you to do this. All these people are referring me. And so business is going through the roof. And, wow. and so that, that's from a business perspective. I think from a mindset perspective, you know, I, I, I definitely got burned out in 2020 mm-hmm. and it was like, the type of burnout that it has everything to do with mitigating damage and not getting ahead. And so you start mm-hmm. to feel defeated and you are discouraged. And this year I came into it saying it's only going to get better. <laughs> so I had a completely, you know, different mindset coming into this year. I love that. So now that you have this mindset of things are going to get better, do you think that um 2020 would have been different for you if you had that same mindset? <sighs> I, I do, you know, I, I think that, that it's, it's interesting because I think that even with the ups and downs of life, everything kind of comes back to where you maintain your vibrational frequency, if you will, you mm. know, it's like, where do you, where do you look for the good in things? And, you know, what, what silver linings can you find even when things are tanking? And so, yeah, I think I could have made a difference in 2020 and yet I, I felt exhausted and sort of probably was in the cyclical you know, situation where I was causing my own stress and, and increasing it. Um, so yeah, in hindsight, I think I could have made a, a bigger impact in 2020 had I changed the way I looked at things. Yeah. And of course, hindsight is always 2020, right? So actually that's ironic how that's like a fun, no pun intended or pun intended. <laughs> exactly. Hindsight is 2020 in the year 2020. I can't believe I just totally made that up to say. I'm so proud of myself. You're um, coin, you're coining that. I'm gonna quote you, by the way. And <laughs> <laughs> well, that means 
I know I need to like tweet that for myself later. I love that I said that out loud. Um, well, Julianne, um, I, I love that you started off this conversation talking about how you had this mindset shift because I know that in your business, uh, spelling it out, you work with high achieving CEOs to help them feel less overworked. So I feel like in a way you were kind of able to go through that firsthand and you're able to help your clientele as well. I work over that hump of being overworked. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? And if I, if I interpreted that correctly, uh, actually, yeah, you, um, so it's, it's really interesting because when you teach people or you guide them through the process of dealing with their own overwhelm, it's interesting that you don't always look at your own situation <laughs> in that. Um, so, so it's been, it's been an interesting journey because going first and being able to come back and really, I think, be grounded with um, letting go of the secrecy of having experienced it is kind of, um, I think it's beneficial to people because I think the biggest problem that we all try to, especially like we have it so together, right? So we're out there, we're trying to sell our services or sell ourselves. And we have, we feel this obligation to be the example for it, right? You don't want to be a fraud. And yet at the same time, you're not human if you don't have ups and downs. And so I do think that it's actually been beneficial. And not that I have to even tell the story to my clients, but I have such a deeper understanding and a different way of being able to present the very things that pulled me out of it. Because there was a day where I said, okay, I have to take everything I've been teaching and have to do it. And I have to like force myself, I'm going to do. And as soon as I did, it changed everything. So at least I could also prove conceptually, you know, or prove the concept and, and live it. So I hope that answers your question. So essentially what you're saying is that, uh, fortunately you already had this model to help your clients and, uh, you were going through a similar situation. So you put yourself through that model and you're like, oh, it worked for me. It'll definitely work for my clients. So essentially what you're doing is practicing what you preach. And, you know, just like what you said, like, you know, in business, we want to be that example. We want to, um, you know, come off like we're the ideal, you know, person that you want to hire. But part of that too is acknowledging that you are human and that you will have uh, ups and downs. And um, to me, it sounds like that's sort of part of your teaching process is like, Hey, like you're human, like this is going to happen. I went through it. Now let me help you go through it as well. So did I hear all that correctly? Uh, well put. I, I don't think I could have said it better, um, <laughs> honestly, but yeah, it, it's really having this very, you know, compassionate side as an entrepreneur, um, not only with that of, you know, being forgiving of yourself, but also of the clients that you're trying to help. And it, it, takes you to a whole new level of patience in understanding their journey. And it's not going to always be, people aren't always going to take the steps as you present them, but it doesn't mean that they don't get a tremendous amount out of it. Um, but mm -hmm. being the example that that's a lot to live up to sometimes, but I also think we teach what we need to learn often. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think part of being the example is uh, not always looking polished, not always looking perfect, you know, and, you know, fortunately, it sounds like you have that uh, model where you help, uh, help your clients be okay with acknowledging their uh, humanity and that they're not perfect. Um, so speaking of which, for people that are learning about spelling it out uh, for the first time, Julianne, tell us, um, you know, what have been or who has been maybe uh, your favorite clients to work with? Uh, and 
and uh, and that process, that initial process to work with you. What does that look like? Yeah, so I, you know, I really love working with these high achieving CEOs and dentists and people who, um, when I reference high achieving, it's usually people who are really overworked and they oftentimes feel underappreciated. Um, they're oftentimes extremely successful and have, you know, millions of dollars and, or, you know, assets through the roof and they are still navigating the idea of, you know, their human resources issues and trying to understand other people's mindset, their own. Um, so usually I start out with a consultation. If I'm coaching them, um, I do a lot of training. I train on social media, very fundamental things that some of these guys don't really ever tackle. And then they end up outsourcing it and they don't understand why things aren't going in a certain way. So I kind of guide them to a lot of different, you know, areas, but but it's really just getting to know them and getting them, it's offering them a safe space to say, hey, here's what's really going on. And sometimes that's, you know, to do with their marriage. And sometimes mm. it's to do with the people they work with. So it's it's unique for everybody, but you can see what holds people by, back is always comes back to mindset. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, it sounds to me that the people you have worked with are sort of go-getters and very uh, kind of action-oriented, solution-oriented, but it sort of came at the expense of, uh, let's say, their marriage or uh, maybe the way that they treat their employees. Um, and so it's really uh, what what it sounds like you do is help them um, understand that disconnect uh, and how to sort of fill in that fill in that gap. So did I hear that right? Yeah, it's really, it always comes down to their relationships. In fact, Mm -hmm. if you're working with me, it's probably because you're negating some sort of issue with relationships. And uh, a lot of times that comes from losing sight of what really matters to you, which sometimes is your family, or sometimes it's having a positive work environment. Um, Whatever that is, it usually always boils down to relationships. And when we work backwards to get down to the the fundamentals of why are you doing this? Why does this matter? Why do you need 10 million more, you know, (laughs) and at what expense, then it really, truly it's, it's, for me, it's highly rewarding to help people who are, are very successful to realize that they still have areas to work on and that usually that's fundamentally the areas that are most important to them. Yeah. Uh, So Julianne, I'm curious to know, what have you found to be the most common reason why these, you know, overachieving CEOs lose sight of what really matters to them? You know, that's a really great question. Um, So one of the things that you see that's pretty commonplace is that a lot of these high achieving CEOs and dentists, especially dentists, it's, it's so fascinating. And these are oral surgeons. These are people who are, you know, high profile in their, their dentistry, their, their masters at their craft. But um, you will see where a lot of this comes back from childhood. And it's interesting because you'll see that they heard certain things throughout their lives from their parents, or they were pushed out of their homes very early on Mm. to go and make something of themselves. There were very, very high expectations put on them um, from a young age in many cases. Occasionally, it's because they tasked themselves because they were unhappy with their home environment. But oftentimes, there was some 
belief system, or almost always, I would say, um, there was some sort of belief system that said, you know, excellence is important. You've got to work hard to to be able to do these things. And, um, and it came at the expense of relationships, truthfully. And so I think it's kind of reeling that back in going, okay, now, now what, now that I understand that it's not all about that, <laughs> right. Yeah. There is, you know, sort of a joke, the balance thing is not really easy, right. For any of us, but yeah. there is a way to get perspective. That's all. Yeah. I, I really like that. And, you know, I think about, um, a lot of my friends where, um, you know, even myself, where we come from, we, our parents were immigrants and, um, you know, they had all their hopes and dreams and in us, you know, and their American born kid. And so there's all these expectations to be excellent. And so I can understand that at a very intimate level myself, just kind of knowing like, you know, um, your resume is your worth, (laughs) you know, like, like what you excel at your awards, your accolades is what you're worth. Um, and so later on in life though, I have found even a lot of my friends who also had experienced burnt out, uh, burnout and had to kind of reevaluate, you know, like what really was, um, very important to them. And a lot of it was, you know, their mental health, their physical well-being, you know, their relationships. Um, and, you know, to see a lot of them just kind of be happier today, uh, because they had to learn the hard way, um, kind of had to go through that, their own transformation of, like, you know, this is not serving me anymore. This is actually impacting me in a very unhealthy way. And I can't just keep overachieving to overachieve, you know? And so I'm curious to know, um, when you are helping your clients kind of, uh, take that leap or, or maybe, uh, learn to actually see relationships as an asset again, kind of see it as their main reason, uh, for living, you know, their sense of purpose. Um, is there a fear to do that for them? Like, are they afraid? Like, Oh, but if I, if I put my personal life first, if I put my relationships first, you know, that's going to cost me my business. So have you, have you noticed that in any of your clients or, or some form of that? You know, it's interesting because I, I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like they are, there's no fear in wanting to build their relationships. They're just trying to figure out how. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times they've already caused damage in their relationships. Um, sometimes these are seasoned uh, you know, entrepreneurs themselves, and they have already children who are are grown and are work workaholics just like them. Mm. And now they're trying to get it back. And so it's 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 almost fascinating because I don't think there's any question once they get really clear on why they do it all, there's almost zero question as to what's important anymore. And mm. then they can begin the process of sort of rebuilding. Um, I hope that answers your question, but the, but the reality is it's not, um, you know, and then it's, it's a matter of learning, you know, technically it's, it's the easy, that both strategies are easy. You know, how do you outsource certain stuff? You know, what, what can you get off your plate that you don't like to do so you can have more family time or whatever the case might be and, and how to, how do you eliminate the toxicity in your environment? If you have people, you don't, you know, you've, built resentment with or whatever the case might be. So how now it's, you know, and a lot of times it's the who's not the house, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's who do you bring in to help you navigate that? 
Yeah. I I love that. So what you're saying is that, you know, they get to this place where where they, uh, or at least uh, whether they realize it themselves or you help them realizing it, that, you know, the relationships is really important to them. And it's really, it really just comes down to like, okay, how do I do that? Like, what does that look like uh, in practice? And so um, with that said, I am curious to know, do you have any uh, favorite clients? uh, You don't have to mention any names where you help them go through this transformation, where you help them identify uh, what matters most to them and how did that, you know, manifest in their work? Like, you know, how did you help them maybe outsource stuff? I'm curious to know if you have maybe a favorite client that comes to mind when I, when I ask this question. I, I definitely do. I have a couple, I, I certainly wouldn't name them, but I do have a, a handful of clients where, you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I feel like they, uh, you know, they're taking the tools and they're implementing them and they're seeing, you know, these results that, that come from doing that. And, um, and when, you know, when I think of those clients, it's, it's funny because some of them were, they came to me really hard, like really mm-hmm. rough around the edges. And, So I think even having conversations with them was a process when they started to feel like they were safe to open up to somebody Mm -hmm. that it's like all of a sudden they began to take that to people they dealt with, able to even start to share a little bit of their own story with others. So people had more understanding them much as them more understanding of others. In fact, what is happening, my clients are taking me in to actually coach some of their employees because they feel like if they're allowed to express themselves, they can all see eye to eye with the the opportunity to be able to soften a little bit and, and all be a little bit more human. So... Yeah, that's really awesome. Just kind of showing them that uh, process of, I mean, first of all, building that trust with them so that they feel comfortable to be vulnerable and sharing, you know, uh, what they're going through um, so that you can really give them those how-to steps to, like you said, have um, better conversations with uh, people in the office. And uh, again, I I think in a way, like bringing the humanity back (laughs) uh, in the office in a sense. Yeah. So everything comes down to the humanity because um, what happens is when they can be more human, then people stop putting them on such a pedestal pedestal in, in which, you know, they're fear-driven and they're able to actually get a lot better feedback and start to understand the people that they're surrounded by. Um, that comes to the home life too, you know, because a lot of times kids don't want to disappoint their parents and they don't want to come clean. And then all of a sudden these, these, you know, high-powered individuals who were tough parents, they start to drop into sharing their own stories about how they've made mistakes and where they mess up on a daily basis. And their kids are able to say, ah, well, then I'll tell you my story. (laughs) You know, let me tell you what happened to school today. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's just all of us need to, I think, behave this way more in society. And, and if we could all do this, we would oh my gosh, the pressure we take off of ourselves when we start to realize that, man, we have good days, we have bad days, all of us do. And it's just so much better when we can embrace each other through it, you know? Yeah. 
I love that. You know, uh, Julianne, I just feel like for any client that comes your way, they um, can kind of walk away feeling like this huge weight was lifted off their shoulders in a sense. They feel like they can maybe be more of themselves again or reconnect with themselves and therefore reconnect with the people uh, that they love the most. And, you know, I think since 2020, um, more of us have... um, prioritized family and relationships more, especially since we're uh, isolated and uh, having someone such as yourself to uh, teach the tools on how to be more human when you communicate in your professional life and your personal life, I think is uh, so needed uh, in this time. And I can tell that uh, you really enjoy what you do with your work. Yeah. You know, thank you for that. It's funny because I was reading about you too. And, and I was thinking about the other the other layer of this, I think, you know, we always talk about how, you know, true happiness does not come from trying to get significance. It really comes from growing and giving. And you'll hear, you know, the greats like Tony Robbins or whoever teach growth. And it's about giving that makes a happy life. And so I think with high achieving professionals or seasoned professionals, they forget sometimes to plug back in the giving piece, even though they're Mm. generous people. And so I I had researched you with your, your generosity with vets and, and um, thank you. Yeah. So I was just really impressed because it's such an important part and that particular um, you know, type of generosity is important to me. My husband, I think I had mentioned was in the Marine Corps for 10 years. And, mm. and so that's, that's, that's important, but I think anybody, whatever it is, there's so many causes, right. That we can support, but if you have forgotten to take the focus off of yourself and go out there and find something else, you know, to give to, or to help or a, another cause or other people, then I think that can cause you to lose track of like how good you have it. And so mm. I think it's important to have that perspective and be generous with others in this, you know, in this lifetime that you have. Um, so there's the legacy piece. I realize most people want to leave a legacy to their families or whatever, but then there's the ongoing generosity piece, which really grounds you and it makes you a better person. So growing, giving, if you can focus on those things and there's really extraordinary ways to go about doing that and keeping yourself from feeling overwhelmed, uh, then all of that is, is a super way to live your life. I love that. And that's easy to remember, grow and give (laughs) simple, simply put, um, Julianne. Wow. I really appreciated our conversation today. I want to make sure I've covered all my bases here. Uh, is there anything else you want people to know about uh, your company spelling it out specifically? Uh, and I do have one more question afterward, but I just want to make sure that you've said everything you wanted to share. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think this is really fun just to have a conversation and have a, you know, just genuine connection with somebody else. And hopefully that inspires people to also want to live, you know, as human beings and, and, you know, for people to embrace their, their own imperfections. That's all. So I I appreciate you having me today. Yeah. Well, no, I, I've definitely uh, enjoyed our conversation. Uh, So Our show uh, typically attracts small business owners and entrepreneurs. I mean, hence the thoughtful entrepreneur, I guess it kind of makes sense. Uh, But before we go, any parting advice, uh, any closing advice you want to share to our listeners? Uh, So for me personally, you know, having gone through the burnout, having helped so many clients through their own, you know, versions of that, I think really critically when you block time off, let's say it's, you know, you calendar, Hey, I'm going to have family time at this time. Mm -hmm. 
it's not interrupted. You're not on your phone. You're not doing work. You're not, you know, trying to navigate multitasking. So Mm -hmm. I think it's key that you make your priority for the day, your first thing that you tackle and that you block off time for business. You block off time for family. You block off time for building your relationships. So yeah, that's, I think, really good advice. And and get clear, like, where are you at right now? Write a list. Here's where I'm at. And and be honest, acknowledge your junk as much as you acknowledge Mm -hmm. the successes. And then, you know, write a list of everything that you desire and then get clear on your why and just ask yourself over and over why, why, why you'll find that you eliminate things on your list because all of a sudden you realize it doesn't even go with your value system and then bridging the gap, the strategy, that's the easy stuff. The strategy Mm -hmm. is like you plug it in. Once you clear where you're at, where you want to go and why everything else takes care of itself. I've heard some, I've heard somewhere uh, along the lines of, uh, show me your calendar and I'll tell you what your values are or what your priorities are. Um, I, and, I had not heard that, but I love that. Yeah. Uh, so something to add uh, when you talk to your clients. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think it's very true. It's like, if you show me what's on your calendar, you show me what you value. I mean, I could just be saying that because my love language is quality time. Uh, but I do think that your calendar does reflect a lot about you. Um, and if you don't have anything on your calendar, that definitely says uh, a lot about you. But I, I, you know, I imagine with our listeners, um, you know, having the calendar is really important to them and being reminded that you can block off time for family. You can block off time for rest. Uh, that's something I had to learn for myself. And I, I decided in 2021 that I was going to take certain days off specifically to not do anything. And uh, it's funny because even when, as I started to do that, like when I arrived to those days of doing nothing, I realized I have to practice at it because I was still trying to find things to do. But anyway, that's a conversation for another time. I really love that advice, Julianne. I think that is, you know, a good place for people to start if they're looking for how to's, um, you know, how do they put their, how do they really really um, implement or practice their values. And it, it it's as simple as starting on your calendar. Yeah, I love that. And, and I'm going to take that away. I love the calendar yeah. thing. Because in fact, I'm going to go meet my family here for lunch right now. And it's on my calendar now. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, before I take too much time away for your family, Julianne, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show here at the Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Thanks again for joining me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. I feel the same. I really appreciate you. Yeah. And uh, once again, to our listeners, this is Julianne O'Connor. She is the CEO of Spelling It Out. You can learn more about her and our company at spellingitout.com. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. 
You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.